It's not water. If it was water, you would drink water. There's something about LaCroix that draws you to it. I know you do, Carly. I know you love bubbles. We talk (laughs) about this every single podcast. (laughs) That'd be fun if we did. No one would get sick of it. Carly's fizzy fit is out of this world. Okay, well, this is Pillows on the Windows, and we're going to do like an end of year thing coming up here. So in the meantime, you cannot talk about movies this entire podcast. Go. Holy cow. All right. Well, I like <coughs> I'm drinking the pure LaCroix right now. Okay, and that's very pretty cool. tasty. What is pure LaCroix? Um, that's what they call their no flavor LaCroix. <laughs> it is flavored. It's flavored as like the LaCroix gross carbonation flavor, though. That's not a flavor. It's just carbonation. It, it is a flavor because it tastes. No, different. it's not. <laughs> it doesn't taste like water. If you, you can say that carbonation has a flavor, but it doesn't have flavor added. It I'm about to ruin added. this entire argument, bro. Because if you <laughs> let Lacroix go flat, even if it's pure, it don't taste like water. Well, I don't know. I don't Your know how much of that is because of like whatever carbonation is left or whatever the carbonation. Did. I'm not smart enough to answer this. It leaves free ions in the water that. Oh, God. Give it that little zip. <laughs> yeah. What else is going on, Car? I've just been watching 5,000 2020 movies. I know. I can't even keep up with you. I was on a terror there for a little bit and I was never, you know, at this level. Yeah, you know, I wasn't working for a week and a half. Oh, well, isn't that nice, Carly? (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) And you've chosen to use that time to watch movies. How good of you. What else am I supposed to do? I don't know, Carly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Something that benefits anyone. (laughs) Including yourself. I think I benefited a little bit. Maybe not a ton. I'm pretty hot and cold where I don't feel like watching movies at all right now. Mm, that's fair yeah i feel like you burn out when you watch too many movies i do personally or just you as like a humanity no i think you do i don't okay. really okay yeah because there's so many each film is a, a window into another world a world beyond your imagination yeah and just like it's the lowest form of feeling accomplished about something and it's so easy mm-hmm. so it's like oh i did mm-hmm. it Whew. I sat and stared at a house party for an hour. I'm the best. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's even better because I I can put it on Letterboxd and be like. Sure did watch this movie in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) I can't wait until three or four people see that I watch this movie later tonight. Hey, I recently got a new letterbox follower, so Oh yeah. Well I a few China more than three or, or four. What was the person's name? That poor Italian person? guy. <laughs> Italian guy's pretty cool. <laughs> what kind of movies is he? Or I guess he I don't know. Into. I didn't like if someone referred to them as a themselves as a guy, you would assume mm-hmm. that's a male, right? Oh no, I don't know. I could see myself doing like I feel like no, I guess I, I'm just saying that's not a fair assumption. Okay. Because I will refer to girls as guys. Mm-hmm. But if I was to name myself when I was a girl, I feel like I wouldn't go with guy. You know, language there's no is boundaries. Fun. What else have you been watching? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you start, actually? Started watching movies? Sure. Let me fire okay. up HBO Max. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I watched Get Your Hands Off My Anime or whatever it's called. Get Your Hands Off Aizuken. <laughs> Aizuken means film. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to talk about anime? I can't yeah, tell. This is I like do. a 50-50. Okay. Um, I don't often watch anime, but this was one of the premier animes of 2020. <laughs> 2020. 2020. <laughs> and I yeah. thought it was okay. Can you tell me the gist of it? Mm -hmm. It's unlike any TV show I've ever seen because it's about these three high school girls who want to make anime, but it's not about them, really. It's about the process of making anime. It's How like, is it not about them? It's like if they made an anime about making like music and then each episode was just like, Oh, tell me about what tuning you're using for your bass guitar. And then they just talk about that for like the entire episode. Like it's just hmm. about like technical details of anime for a lot of it. Which is, is there really interesting. a separate plot or is that That's really? A, oh, there's no B plot. It's just they're trying to make anime. And then but uh, it's not that uh, boring because they uh, um, do this really cool thing about once an episode where they kind of. Like the main character is very imaginative, but in a really cool way where she's really focused on how things would work. You know, it's like, oh, there's this giant robot, but is that practical? You know, would people really use a giant robot to fight a monster? Probably not. They'd use a tank. And then like they just go down those rabbit holes where they're talking about, you know, physics and stuff of machinery. And I'm into that. But then they'll just do like. All of a sudden, it kind of becomes the anime that they're making in this very nice kind of art shift way where it's very like watercolory kind of sketchbook looking in a really nicely done way. And then it's like fun anime for a little bit. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's all right. And there's this uh, one of the three main characters is this very business minded kind of grumpy girl who I really, really like because she is constantly trying to bring things back down to earth in a way that isn't naggy. It's like really like impressive because she's like always like she's always on the phone with somebody, you know, she's always like making things happen in her own way, even though she's not like these little manic pixie dream girl people making anime. She's still contributing to the art process. And I think as the show kind of shows its true colors about no, this is just about the realities of making anime. I think that character is really important because you learn that a lot of making anime is figuring out the business end of making anime. And it's not just sitting in a room and drawing for a little bit at a time, you know? Hmm. I mean, that sounds like as far as things that would make me want to watch an anime, I feel like everything you're describing is really yeah. nice. That's like really cozy. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of conflict, really. There's not a lot of... The conflict is, oh, no, our deadline is coming up and the anime is not done. And we have to keep working on it. But then the, you get, like... It's only 12 episodes, so you get, like, one episode per character where it's, like, going into their backstory a little, you know. And it's like, oh, here's this character as a child. And then you understand why she is the way she is now through this, you know, cute little backstory. It's fun. I don't know. It's like it didn't, like, completely blow me away, but I thought it was worth a watch. Hmm. What's it on? 
It's on HBO Max. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like natively or like how do you end mm, up there? Via Crunchyroll, I think. Oh, OK. Which is really confusing because you go on there and they have like a Crunchyroll section, but it's like five shows. So it's yeah. obviously not like you also get Crunchyroll. It's like we partnered with Crunchyroll to bring you five shows people like. Which feels hmm. weird to me. It's like if they partnered with like. NBC and you got I don't know here's the office and it's like okay well this is fine but it's not giving me NBC so I don't yeah I feel like that's not so weird like that's happens all the time on streaming services it's weirder to me just that they do categorize it like that then if yeah. there's such a small selection of it like per company almost yeah exactly uh I like HBO Max it's working okay for me yeah, I think it's great. Like yeah. I said, I honestly think it might be the best streaming service out whoa, there right now. Whoa, whoa, we're not a, <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Not to spoil any future conversations. Um, I watched Feels Good Man twice. I know you did. <laughs> uh, what I liked a strange it thing to have watched twice. I liked it just as much the second time. Yeah? Because you kind of know where the main dude's coming from and what his deal is, which is no deal at all. And yeah. it's a little easier to get on board, I think. Because the first time I was like, well, man, this guy's an idiot. And he is an idiot, but he's a lovable idiot, you know? I think he's just like, he's the exact person you expect him to be. And yeah. I think that's frustrating, but it's also, it's extra frustrating because you just know people like that. And it's like, yeah. people need to like, take control of their lives a little bit it's really hard to watch someone not do that but normally when someone doesn't do that it doesn't lead to like uh the fall of democracy yeah Yeah. (laughs) right the fall of democracy (laughs) um there is something so disorienting about seeing like 4chan outside of that context for me do you mean in the like interviews with the dudes no not even that just like like one oh tricks point never used to do a lot of music videos where it's like, let's just dig up like the weirdest, darkest stuff on the internet and just show it to you because like we're in the dark dystopian future that we always dreamed of. And this movie gets into that a little bit, I think, where it's just like, here's just like the worst racist, you know, sexist garbage possible. And they just like display it for you. And it's like, oh yeah, this stuff does exist. And I can kind of shake it off a little bit when I'm on 4chan. But in the context of this movie about this like guy, about this human being, it just it feels so disorienting to me. I don't know. It's hard to deal with. Yeah. What is it like? What made you so excited about this movie? Um, I think the way it is edited is very effective. Yeah. I love all the animation little pepe you know boys club cartoons going on in this movie i think it just it doesn't feel like an outsider's perspective on this stuff it feels like in in a way it does because i think the 4chan interviews are completely worthless because that's not the point of 4chan and also they pick like two people and they have nothing of value to add really it feels like those interviews feel like myth making in a way that Mm. doesn't feel true to me it feels like people on 4chan talking about how cool 4chan is 
but 4chan isn't cool and that's the whole point of the movie so it just <laughs> feels really weird to have one guy from 4chan be like yeah yeah it's hard because i think um it, this has to also work for people who don't know what 4chan is mm-hmm. and don't know anything about this culture yeah and so you i think you need some element of that like you do yeah. need to place in the context of like oh these are the dudes in their mom's basements like right. that is helpful to know and like granted i don't think you or i need to be told that but mm. there are a lot of people who do so like i don't know if you need the interviews in order to make that happen but yeah. i think that is the function it's serving yeah yeah that's fair um and i guess i just like once things start rolling because I was part of this culture in some capacity to see all of these events unfolding in real time that you realize happened within like the last five or six years, which is crazy to think about. Um, It just feels really effective at telling the story that I don't think a lot of other um, outlets would be able to tell in this way. I don't think, I think you have to understand this all in some way to tell the story. And I think they do understand it. And I think that is paired off very well with the Matt Fury story that's happening where it cuts. I'm more interested in the 4chan side of things, like the society crumbling side of things. But I think to build this movie around Matt Fury instead was a very smart decision because it gives it this weight. It it doesn't feel like nerds explaining the Internet to you. It feels like you can kind of take Matt's side on this and be like, wow, like looking in on this and just being dumbstruck by all of it. I think that's effective. Yeah, there's some, I completely agree. I'm really glad they have him in it to the extent that they do. Uh, Cause otherwise it really would just feel like a long form, like news report or something. Right. And it's just like 60 minutes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, and I think you also need him to put the weight behind, like, how innocuous it was supposed to be. And, like, yeah, that's all important. I think that one of the areas I have a hard time with is, like, there are some jumps that they don't completely fit in. And I think it's because it can't entirely be known. And it's just, like, the way that the Internet is. But it's... It it just feels kind of left out. Like the part where they're trying to examine, like, why did this happen? There's no answer. Like, there's no answer of why this frog. Like, they go into how it was like an exercise thing a little bit. And then I think you're left to assume, okay, so some of those dudes were on 4chan. But you know what I mean? But it like, it it doesn't, I wish it would just like put a pin in some of those or get closer to putting a pin in some of those. Sure. You want like timestamps. You want to see the receipts. You're like, okay, where did Pepe show up? Yeah. And then like, I think when you get to the part that I thought was just like, (laughs) one of the strangest moments was when it's the cartoonist going to like the, is it the researchers looking at all the data? Yeah. Okay. Number one, the funniest thing when they somehow in a movie about people who like maybe don't completely get social cues. The way that they're talking to him is just crazy to me. <laughs> they're like, like he's a five-year-old? Like he, there's just like no kindness, even though you can tell that they're like on his side. It's like yeah. they, for some reason, feel like they need to be the journalists in this moment. And they aren't. They're researchers. And yeah. they're asking him like, do you feel bad about it? And it's just like, 
we don't need you to ask this. Oh, this yeah. is really uncomfortable. Sure. Because, um, of course, he feels bad about it. I don't know. That just... He, I don't, that's not a flaw of the documentary, but it was just an insane moment. Well, I think he's lovable to us, but I think if your job was researching internet memes and you had this guy who basically created internet culture of the last five years and he has no idea what's going on and is just kind of staring blankly at you, I yeah. can kind of see where they're coming from. Us. Yeah, that's true. It's just like it was I guess like maybe it's tied up with my um, other sort of issue with that scene is like so they have these researchers that probably spend an incredible amount of time on this topic. And the conclusion that we're given is just like it's in a lot of memes. Yeah. Like there's this many memes and it's in a lot of them. Yeah. It's like there there has to be more like yeah. there has to be more conclusions there for us to learn. And like that would be important to the story. But it, that's literally all they give you. And I just yeah, yeah I guess I wanted some more like maybe hard facts journalism mixed in sure. with the good story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get what you're saying. I just think that that notion is really interesting where like no meme is safe from Pepe because it just becomes like the er meme. Yeah. Like it touches everything. It's, it's really weird because it's a frog, but they just keep driving home that it's like this, the most relatable image on the internet for some reason is this frog. That's just kind of like staring blankly ahead. I, I don't know. It's, it it makes me think about things, this movie. Yeah, and maybe that's the point. Like, maybe yeah. everything I'm complaining about is, like, not... Like, maybe that's the whole point, is that it's uncontrollable. And there's, like, sure. no way to quantify it, because it could just be one idiot does one thing one time, and then, like, there goes everything. Right. And there's no good reason. And mm. that's, like, it's just <laughs> frustrating to me, personally. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Rare Pepe. Oh God. Oh God. Mm. Yeah, that moment also. I got super freaked out for a second because I thought that was gonna be the cartoonist in the car for yeah. some reason. And I was like, is this guy now just like profiting off of all yeah, this? Like, I, I did it. I am yeah. selling the t-shirts to a <laughs> yes, white supremacist. Exactly. Yeah. Rare Pepe. So that was yeah. that movie. Um I feel like that's all I've watched, Car. I'm sorry, I'm letting you down. Okay, I understand. There's was, a lot of movies. I don't watch something. I was going to watch Frozen Two, but then I was just like, I don't, I don't want to watch. <laughs> Why were you Frozen going to watch 2? Frozen Two? Well, well. Oh, I watched Weathering with you. I don't know what that is. I don't. Okay, think. it's a movie from last year, 2020. Two twenty twenty. It's an anime, <laughs> and I thought it was terrible. Why did you think it was terrible? That's about. This like loser kid moves to Tokyo and he's like, oh, I'm a loser. And then he saves this girl from being raped. And then she's like, yep. And she's like, thank you. We're in a relationship now. And also I can make the sun come out. She's a 100% sunshine girl. And then they start a business where it's raining a lot. But she goes to like uh, flea markets and they're like, thank you for bringing the sunshine to our flea market because the sun comes out. And then I stopped watching it about an hour in, but I thought <laughs> it was terrible. And it does this thing like every 20 minutes where it's like all of a sudden an anime like theme song and it's like fun montage of us in Tokyo. And it's like, you know, like pop music playing in the background with like the lyrics on screen. And I was just, I was flabbergasted. I was not sure what was happening. This was a movie or a TV show, you said? This was a movie. Okay. 
This was like the big <coughs> anime movie last year. Oh, okay. Uh, he, the <laughs> director is very well regarded. He did Your Name and 20 centimeters a second or something wow. like that. Um, which is crazy to think about because people in middle school were telling me to watch that 20 centimeters <laughs> a second movie or whatever. So here we are. Did you do it? No. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I just wanted to watch all the animated movies of note from last year. And this was pretty high on the list. And I had been avoiding it. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, I'll watch it. Are there any that you've missed? Mm, Frozen 2. Oh, Frozen uh, 2. Did that come out no. last year? Oh, no, okay. it didn't. I was joking at oh, your you're expense. Silly. I'm like Olaf, a little trickster demon. <laughs> you are a little trickster. Um, I can't think of any that I missed. Nice. Trolls 2 I saw. Croods 2 I saw. Onward <laughs> Soul. We could talk about Soul. Uh, you want to talk about Soul? I don't know. You want to um, talk about Soul? Sure, we can hey, talk about Hey, you want to talk about Soul, Tim? I'll talk about Soul. Hey, come over here. Let's talk about Soul. Okay, you didn't like Soul. I no. like Soul. Okay, very good. Yeah. What else have you been watching? <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I don't know how much to dig into all the 2020s when we're about to do it um, so much. But... Yeah. Well, the thing is... So much of the Sprockies has nothing to do with anything we would actually talk about in like a this context. Because it's like, who farted the most in the movie? (laughs) That's quality content. (laughs) Which letterbox poster has the most people on it? (laughs) Okay, so um, I'll tell you why I liked it. Okay, hit me. Um, The cat. Yes, the cat was cute. Okay. I didn't know anything about it, which was really great. Okay. Um, besides that, he was like a middle school band teacher and he was looking for something to do with a soul. So that means I didn't know that like he goes back to Earth. So what I was dreading was a whole movie in like the before or whatever they call it, the, uh, the great God, what do they call it? The great beginning. The great. Right. The great. Before. 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 OK. Yes. Um, so I thought it was going to all be there and that sucked because I don't like when things aren't like real. I don't know. Hmm. I really wasn't ready for that. Um, but then I was very happily surprised because they went back to Earth and that was all nice. Um, I think there's like numerous really wonderful scenes in it. Scenes that like really got to me. But overall, hmm. I really like the uh, I lesson, the theme. I don't know. Like I, I'm, I was hard pressed to think of another Pixar movie that like delivered a concept that I still, I still feel like I have to fully learn as an adult. Um, and that I certainly didn't get as a kid. And okay, I just, I think the concept of like, there's no like one purpose or one thing that makes you, um, who you are and like will give you meaning and give you the keys to life is like a beautiful, beautiful thing to Aww. tell people. And I think like everyone can learn that. And yeah, I was like super affected by it. I thought that was really nice versus like, um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of other Pixar movies are just like things that make you think about your childhood and or death. And that's, I guess, kind of what this is, but not really. Like, 
it, it includes death, but the story is really just about like how beautiful life is. And it's really nice. I don't know. True. I like the Finding Nemo lesson. What's the Finding Nemo lesson? I forget. Uh, it's just kind of like you got to let your kid be your kid. You know, you can't be. Like he loves his kid and then he has to go find his kid. But the whole reason yeah. he had to go find his kid is because he was overbearing and wasn't letting him live his own life. And Nemo had things to offer, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just, I disagree with everything you said, Car. I don't know. What to do. I don't know. I don't, I don't. Like, it's a fine lesson, but I don't think anything about the movie leads to that lesson. They just kind of drop that. They like tell each other that lesson three quarters of the way through the movie. You know? Yeah, I think it's the reason it maybe worked for me is because it felt so predictable or like I was so begrudgingly willing to accept that like the spark was the thing that you love. You know what I mean? Like I like that that came out of left field that that's not at all the case. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess left field is my problem with the movie because it starts out in the complete opposite viewpoint that you expressed. Uh, I was really into the kind of abstract Apple commercial world they had created (laughs) for heaven or before heaven. Um, And then when he dropped back into the secret life of pets, cat halfway through, (laughs) I was like, Oh no, this is the worst thing ever. And then that just kept going for another 45 minutes. That was real rough. I thought, I did not have much fun with Tina Fey in the black man body and dude in the cat body. I was like, <laughs> oof. Yeah, I like 90% agree with you on that. Like, I <laughs> I don't need the hijinks of one's a cat, even though the cat's cute. And he one's likes a the sunspot. He's a that cat. That was cute. Oh, you have a cat. This isn't fair. <laughs> if it was a dog, we'd be having a different conversation. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I think, like, um, I, I think, like, some of those scenes that happen in those moments as well are really nice. Yeah. Yeah. In like a, I don't know, just like in a Disney way to me, just like in the very generic, like we, this is, we make these movies. This is what we do, you know? Yeah. I thought Inside Out was way more effective with all that stuff. Um, it felt more grounded to me. It wasn't this like weird allegory where there's like four different systems of dying going on that you had to keep track of and like they're doing like their fun like pixar bureaucracy like monsters inc like everything's a bureaucracy isn't this fun for kids <laughs> this movie i don't um i can't imagine this movie is that fun for kids right the cat huh yeah um tina fey is not fun i can tell you that i hated that character <laughs> holy yeah. cow holy I, cow i i like the character in a lot of ways because I don't like how they set up the character, I guess. Like, I don't like the intro where this person is just, like, so over it and done. Yeah. And they, instead of doing that in a way that's like, oh, it's because, like, they really do want to find joy and they're having a hard time. They make it like, oh, they're an annoying little jerk. Right. Everybody Um, hates them and kicks them. Yeah. Which is, like, not, that's not the truth of the character at all. And it feels like 
not nice to that character. Sure. Because then you so quickly turn around, like, when she starts to go to the real world and, like, what is it, Connie, the um, student who she has a conversation with. It's like, oh, this person was capable of this the entire time. They just chose to introduce her to us as if she was, like, not fun or nice. Right. She likes pizza. It's fine, kids. She does like pizza. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry if you thought she wouldn't like pizza. She does. It's cool. How do you feel about the like Picasso looking dudes? Love it. Yeah, I love it too. I love when the one Jerry turns into like a cow Jerry or like a horse Jerry mm-hmm. in a really disturbing way. Yeah. Love it. But Carr, my big problem with soul. I got to get this off my chest. Uh, I hate that it is in some way a movie about death and they completely like give up any responsibility for talking about any aspect of death in the movie because that's not actually what it's about even though it's about a man dying they just completely drop the ball on like exploring death from like a kids movie perspective exploring death from a uh, an interesting narrative perspective I don't understand why this movie is about death when it has no interest in talking about death in any way. I, that's yeah, that's the tricky thing is I don't think it is about death. And like you have to give that up immediately in order for this to work, I think. But then don't have your main character die five minutes into the movie. I mean, how else do you get where it's going, you know? But where it's going is this insane bureaucracy about you know, twinkle in your dad's eye land where all the pre-spirits live. Why? Like, do you? I don't know. It's like you're deciding whether it's 22's movie or the main guy's movie. Because if it's 22's movie, you don't need any of this, anything related to death. It's only, death only exists to motivate the main character and not in a direct way, just in an in indirect, like, if you don't do this, you'll die way, which just feels yeah. really cheap to me. I mean, I don't think it is 22's movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to have them die. Unless you came up with some <laughs> other way for, like, souls and living <laughs> beings to interface. I guess so. Yeah. But the least they could do is come up with an ending then, I think. Do you, I guess, okay, would you feel more satisfied if he died in the end? Like, if he accepted death? Yes, of course. Yeah, that was the tough thing of, like, I think that's, like, the bold move that makes sense, but I would have been really pissed off if he died. I don't think it's bold. I just, I think it's the, the way they do it in the movie Full Reels is the hammiest, like, cheapest way to end the movie, and I was shocked that the movie ended the way it did. Hmm. And it's a terrible lesson. Why? Because people who die aren't good enough. If you're good enough, you come back to life. I guess all the people who died weren't good enough because they didn't come back to life. There you go, kids. (laughs) Disney Pixar, go buy some merch. (laughs) They can't. They would never let him die. Then don't make it about death. That's what I'm saying. They are cowards. It is the worst way. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) This movie's terrible. I don't understand it. Hmm. he dies at the beginning no well okay i think that's like the 
other part that's like hard to get used to is like the character is entirely alive when his soul goes up. Like we see him later in the hospital room. His heart is beating. He's sure, there. Sure, like sure. the doctors are watching him. Like he's sure. not. Okay, Steve Jobs with your crystals and such. <laughs> he's like very much so not dead, um, which I feel like is but, important, but I guess maybe not emphasized enough or something. I don't know. He's only not dead because he fell off an escalator. Yeah, but he's not. He, You haven't died until you get to the thing. Right. He's on the escalator to go die. And then they're like, nope. I don't know. All kids movies are like, like, I. Then don't make sure. this movie, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, well, then I don't, don't make any kids. I just I'm like. But other kids movies aren't about death. But other kids movies like make stupid jumps that we just have to accept because there has to be some sort of like happy ending and like things have to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying in this movie explicitly about death. I don't think it is about death. It includes concept of death, I guess. It shows souls going into a big white orb and then going. (laughs) (laughs) I like the (laughs) business. And then they're gone forever. Yeah. Um. Okay, I just don't. Okay, sure, but I still think, even in that context, I think the ending is a cop out and not fulfilling. Hmm. I like, yeah, like I, I agree that it's a cop out, but I felt more fulfilled by this than like I would say most Pixar movies I've seen. They've been pretty bad for a while, though. Yeah. Even thought, like ones that I liked yeah. didn't. Coco was the only one I can think of recently that like. Yeah really got me that was going to be my example of here's a movie about death but is like not afraid to talk about death but that's so different because like pretty early on you know the grandma's gonna die and that's just gonna be part of it you know what i mean like that's an inevitability and it's also not the main character it's always an inevitability car oh (laughs) (laughs) um i guess so i just think Coco showed that you could make a kid's movie about death and not pander in that way. Yeah, You could say goodbye to people and not yeah. just be in this loop of, you know, Buddhism, like regeneration. I came back because I'm awesome. I helped Tina Fey with her problem and now I'll get another chance. Yeah. It just feels like Silicon Valley, like new age mumbo jumbo movie to me in a way that's really <laughs> oh gross. God. It does. I don't know. Coco didn't feel like that. Coco felt like it came from a place of human emotion and soul just feels like the Apple version of that. Oh, I just I feel like this came from human emotion. And I also think like. um, Yeah, I just think about that they're about completely different things. They are. Yeah, I wish they weren't. Yeah. Tucker wants more death kid movies. Well, okay. I'm, uh, okay. <laughs> Car, what, did you, what have you been watching? <laughs> the Croods 2 in theaters now. <laughs> I mean, like 80% of kids' movies are about death. Oh it's totally God. true. I'm not arguing yeah. with you. Yeah. It's just crazy. Every time I think about that, it's, I don't know. I just think doing? Pixar at their best have the power to turn that into actually something worthwhile. Yeah. That trope. And. I think they have in the past, and I just don't think they do it here. Yeah. And whether they were attempting to or not, I guess I can't say. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're... Yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, hmm. 
I think there is just like a number one. I guess I'm o- way more okay with this not being about death and just kind of like accepting that. And I also yeah. like this. Just I really feel like I categorize these movies in a different way than I do like any other movie. Um, That's what like they I was want. talking to. Like I really really like this movie, and I was talking to someone about it after, and they're like, "Oh, is this gonna be one of your top movies of the year?" And like it would never be. No. Yeah, just because, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's being like a jerk, but like, it just doesn't feel like it belongs in that same category. In that same category, mm-hmm. I watched Sound of Metal. Oh, I'm did. sorry, that I'm just taking over this whole thing. That's card. okay. You go. Bro. You'll have your turn. I swear. I swear. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say I like Sound of Metal a lot. Yeah. It was so disturbing. This is like totally not even the point of the movie or anything, but just <laughs> him with his implants was so disturbing yeah. to me. Just the, that just seems like a nightmare. That just seems like this like super, um, like it could happen. Right. It gave me the same, this is like, this might, I don't want to be offensive or anything, but in the old guard, there's that scene where the girl is in the coffin underwater. Mm, it gave me yeah. that same feeling of just like, you cannot escape this this reality you found yourself in and that's how i felt about the main character when he got the implants and i just felt so bad for him because i could not even imagine living like that yeah it's extremely unbearable and especially when you know what his expectations were like right he was doing this so desperately because even like i'm sure doctors told him that it wouldn't be what his hearing used to be but he's operating on such an unhealthy level of like expectation that yeah yeah that's that's where the movie kind of loses me if it is just a this allegory for like substance abuse i don't think it is like i think there are allegories in there i think the way that i took it was way more about like um accepting the different phases of your life and yeah. moving on. But it's so also about him being, you know, unable to move on or relapsing and all this stuff related to like his past. Like they could, because outside of that, that's like one line of conversation, you know, in this movie. But through that one line of conversation, they establish these themes in a way that feels kind of hard to get away from. For the rest of the movie for me. What do you mean? Um, I just mean like you could take out the line where the guy asked him if he did heroin or whatever. And then Mm. you wouldn't have this thing where him like falling back into old habits and, you know, raising all this money just to get that fix of getting the implants and everything. It's all colored by his past as a substance abuser. And I think you could make this movie without that but because they did make it like that it kind of feels a little cheaper or less interesting because it feels like that allegory is like staring you in the face the rest of the movie from that point on yeah i don't, i think it's cool though to show addictive tendencies without making it into like um I don't know, like not torture porn, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like just showing like this guy Requiem like for a dream. Nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, addiction is such a 
I don't know, it affects such an incredible amount of people that I think including it more as like a, hey, this person struggles with addiction, but that's not like the entire story here. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And I think it is a really effective way to show like just everything he's doing. He's doing with such desperation. Yeah. Um, And that doesn't mean necessarily that like he would have to have faced addiction in order for that to be the case. But I think it it's an interesting way of telling that story, I guess. Yeah. 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 And otherwise I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um it went to some places I didn't expect it to go. I guess What do you mean? Uh, the trailer made it seem like he would go to the retreat and then like find himself, you mm. know. It's like now he's palling around with kids and they're drumming on the slide and it's like feel good movie of the year. And that's really not what this movie is. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was when that because that happens pretty early on. And then like there's more movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. And I think that balance of like, you can tell he's never fully giving in. Like he has yeah. moments like, of course he would where, yeah, he's having fun with the kids. But then the next scene, he's sneaking onto the computer, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. He's so guarded. It's awesome. Yeah. Great performance. Oh, God. It's, he's so good. <laughs> it's so devastating. Oh, yeah. it, it's. I don't know. Yeah, it's just such a it does such a good job of like um getting you right in with that character. And like yeah. I I don't know that I would make all of the same decisions he makes, but they all make sense to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is a great thing to say about a movie like this, I think. That yeah. I can portray that character that way. Uh loved the ending so much the last yeah. couple minutes. Fantastic. Like the very last scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really, really good. I, one of my favorite, like, it's kind of like cliche the way it's like an ambiguous ending and it kind of ends the way you would expect a movie to end. But I think it's really effective what's happening. Yeah, I think it's effective because it's not. um, Or it's like such a mature ending. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, you you have to believe that he's gone on that emotional journey. And I think it helps that you have the scene with Olivia Cook right before that, where yeah. like they're having a really mature conversation that also like is totally unexpected and you don't see in movies a lot, I don't think, where it's like two people again who like just really care about each other. And yeah. like it's not there's there's no like vindictiveness or hatred. It's just like, okay, well, yep. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, they're like two adults talking about how life is going to keep going. And it's like hard to. Yeah. It's so the movie's so good about making you feel how out of place he feels when he goes back to yeah. see her and everything that's happening there. It's really good. Really cool. Um, there's such a heightened difference between his experience of what's going on and what's going on in reality. Yeah. Where like what's going on in reality is often like really, really beautiful in those scenes. And like for the Olivia Cook character is probably really important and like yeah. healing. And then, yeah, to compare that against how he's experiencing it is just like excruciating. And they really ring that for all of its excruciatingness. They sure do. <laughs> ring sucks. is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Um, yeah, that was really good. Sound of metal. Hmm. Okay, I'm done, Car. You can go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Well, I'm not going to go through them all because I really did just uh, lose my mind watching movies over the last amount of time. 
Um, holy cow. Wow. I don't even remember the last time that we did this. Um, I'll talk about a non-2020. Um, okay. I rewatched Arrival. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and this was after I reread, or not I reread, I read for the first time the short story that this movie was based on. Yeah. Um, and I had an incredible experience with both and it was just like a, so I read the book or the story first and I was like, I, I, I can't imagine that the movie would have been able to, um, portray the sense of time and like the confusion and emotion in the way that the story did. Like I'd seen the movie when it first came out in theaters and that was the last time I loved it, but I only have like a few memories of it. And then it was really cool to revisit the movie and be like, oh no, it, it, it gets at exactly what the book is doing in a really, really effective way. Um, And I don't know. I was just like taken aback again by the performances and they have to add quite a bit of conflict to the movie um, that doesn't exist in the story because the story is only like 40 pages or something. Yeah. Um, Which is all of the like geopolitical stuff where the country stop helping each other with aliens (sighs) and there's like the soldiers that start coming in and everything. Um, And I think that works a lot in the way that like the sort of secret to the movie unfolds um yeah wonderful experience oh yeah yeah i don't re- i remember liking it but not being i mean everybody loves arrival right it's like <laughs> this is <clears throat> it's the guy who made enemy right yeah Denis Villeneuve. i think i might prefer enemy whoa enemy is such a mood piece dude Enemy yeah. is, I mean, they're both, I, I think he's like a very mood based yeah. filmmaker. Like they both have that just sort of like very spare, uh, like one color them, per movie. Yeah. And I think maybe one of the reasons I, there's a number of reasons I like this movie more than <laughs> enemy, but I like, I really like the like greens and blues of yeah. this movie. Is this Dune guy then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carly. <laughs> and Blade Runner 2049. Uh, mm. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, that was just like a really nice thing to revisit. And I, the short story is so good that I almost wish I had read it before I knew anything about Arrival because that hmm. experience of like, yeah, learning what the, the twist, a twist feels like such a, crappy way to put it but it is a twist um is done so artfully um and so like specifically in the book that Hmm. yeah i highly recommend nice who's that by ted chang sure um the rest of the stories are also incredible like i (laughs) he he'd been expressed to me as like a sort of mostly science fiction writer who is like also very smart um, I think his degree was in computer science. Like he's very, almost all of his stories involve like hard science or hard math, um, which is another way that the short story is so cool is they, he talks very specifically and at length about how the alien language is visualized. Um, and I love when books and movies like decide not to explain things to you and he absolutely doesn't try to explain things to you 
so it's just like googling like 10 different words about what like a linguist would know um and then like trying so hard to visualize it without having already seen how they choose to visualize it in arrival yeah um but i think they did a good job in arrival um but overall yeah just like it does a great job of i think talking about uh linguistics and science and math and physics um in the context of short stories Hmm. anyways uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you um okay now a 2020 Mm. i watched saint francis which was like a late in the Mm. game um addition to the 20 were you about to say it's 2019 i was gonna say 2018 but yeah okay sure (laughs) Um, which is a little indie about <laughs> Lil a Lindy. <laughs> Lindy about a like thirty something woman who, um, maybe isn't like I guess like the happiest with where she's at, but she gets a nanny gig, and very shortly into the nanny gig, um, gets pregnant and then has an abortion, um. And most of it is about, like, just her relationship with the family that she's nannying with. Um, It's, I think, notable, like, the family she's nannying for is a lesbian couple. And one of the women also just had another baby, like, right as she starts nannying. And that woman is experiencing postpartum depression. Boy, Um, Carla sounds... Well, yeah, so it sounds, like, very dark and depressing, and, like, there are emotional moments, but it's also, like, funny. Like, it's as lighthearted as you could get. There's a lot of good comedy with, um, between the kid that she's standing for and the main character, and overall, it's just, like, one of those moments of, like, um... I've just never seen this many different uh, situations and discussions that so specifically pertain to women in a movie. Like, it's just like things I've never seen people talk about or if I have seen people talk about them, never in this like way that feels real. Like the main character keeps experiencing like these sort of relatively minor but these like women's health issues um and is like very reluctant to talk about them in some ways and then is very like brash in talking about them in other moments and all of that just like feels exactly right um and it's only in like being with this family um that is so so different than her that she like actually finds a way to talk about them healthfully um and I think it's also a really good depiction of probably what it's like to be in your 30s and not be one of the families that she's nannying for. Like, she went sure. to Northwestern with a bunch of the people that live in this neighborhood that she nannies for. Like, it's kind of the comparison of, like, um, yeah, she's very aware of, like, the class differences and expectations of her employers and herself, um, mm. which I think also works really well within the movies, within the movie. Um <laughs> Yeah, and delivered, like, several knockout scenes that just, like, ruined me. <laughs> really, Aww. really good. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't recommend it enough. I thought it was going to be, like... Tully. I, I, sure. But even, like, more... 
I mean, Talia is so whimsical in some ways, but like even mm. more just like laid back, yeah. sort of like vibey. But it was like very, it just all felt super realistic um, and balanced the various tones going on really well, I thought. Who's the main actor? Uh, not anyone I'm familiar with. And I don't, hmm. let me see really quick. Um, her name is Kelly O'Sullivan. Oh. She's only been in two. <laughs> she's only been in two other things. Oh, um, yeah. So relative newcomer. I don't think I honestly recognize anyone in the movie. That's um, good. Maybe. Yeah, which I, honestly it probably helped a lot because they all felt like really real people to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's Saint Francis. You watched Mary May Magdalene too. <laughs> what? Oh, the cult one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I read yeah. that description and it sounded exactly the same as the <laughs> the other one. It is very different in that it's all happening in the cult. Um, okay. I I might actually have to revisit my letterbox rating of that one. Um, mm. Because it is... I don't know how I feel about it at all. Mm. Um, What's the name of the movie? The Other Layer? Is that right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so it's a movie about a person, maybe like 16 years old or something, a woman, girl, uh, in a cult where it's like a, oh, what do you call it? There's one man and he has many wives. Uh, polygamous? Sure. Yeah, a polygamous cult. Um, and her mom um was one of the original wives and the mom is now dead but she lives on the daughter lives on in the cult and Yikes. is in the age where she would maybe uh, start to have relations with the uh cult leader um and he's obviously evil <laughs> like I, is he yeah. her dad then or yes did... yeah okay yeah, so it is rough the entire way through. Um, it just keeps getting rougher and rougher, ending in like some of the most bleak uh, stuff I've seen. And it mm. really, I think, struggles in balancing like some sort of. Um, I don't even want to call it like an empowerment message because I don't think that's what it's trying to do, but like it's it's kind of pushing the main character to see like, okay, what does it take until you'll turn on them, turn on the cult leader? Hmm. Um, And it takes a lot. So you just end up seeing a lot of stuff that like, I don't know if I wanted to see. Um, And then it just kind of (laughs) ends. There's like some really cool moments in it where like the main one, you'll never watch this and this isn't really a spoiler. Um, the women are like walking or the whole cult is walking to a new home because the police are kind of like onto them. Um, and they're walking along the side of a highway and you go into a car that drives past them and the character like sees herself in the, as the person in the car. And they have like this weird kind of interaction that I thought was really interesting and well done. Um, and there's some scenes between the main character and, one of the women who's like starting to sort of cause a rebellion that I think work really well. And the visuals are beautiful. Um, The movie is stunning. It, it, 
it all takes place in a forest, which I love. And <laughs> yeah. there's like a lot of strings that they use as like decoration uh, by the cult place, which looks cool. Um, I don't know what that means. Like they take string and they wrap it around like four trees to create these like spaces that aren't really spaces, but like they're sort of blocked in, but not really. Mm. Um, but overall, I don't think I recommend it. Um, I don't think it's like successful in what it's trying to do. Um, and it really was a huge old bummer. <laughs> the other lamb dot 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 is <laughs> yeah. stunning, says Carly on letterbox.com. No. No. I highly recommend. <laughs> I don't think I do. Um, okay. And then. <laughs> let me go. House party movie. Which one? Lovers Rock. Oh yes, okay, that's the right one to talk about. Yes, yes, okay, yes, cool. yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. So this was wonderful. This was okay. like the best. Okay. Um, this is the second movie in the five small acts movies put out by Steve McQueen on Amazon Prime. I haven't seen the other ones. Mangrove, which is the first one, is the other one that people will talk about a lot. Um, <laughs> notably, that's like the other. <laughs> courtroom drama based on a Sick. real case relating to race. Notably, this one was done by a black director and whatever Carly and Sorkin. And Sorkin might be better because of it. Um, and also just because Steve McQueen is an accomplished filmmaker and Aaron Sorkin is something. Um, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyways, okay. So this movie is like. It kind of, um, everything that I'd heard about it is that it, it doesn't fulfill the normal or like expected qualities of a movie. And I think that that exact reason and this exact movie are a great reason for things like this to exist. Like the whole five movies put over, put out over, I think just like a few weeks on a streaming service thing is a novel concept, especially when it's done by such an acclaimed director. Um, and if it lets stuff like this happen, uh, that's like the best thing ever in my books. Um, hmm. It's like 70 minutes and it is about a, um, like it's a birthday party in the 1980s. That's just like this, like blues, soul, reggae dance party. And it, you just bring together all of these characters. Um, and they just experience this party together. Um, and tons of it is just people who are amazing at acting and amazing at dancing and amazing at singing in a room together, um, experiencing like romance and just like pure joy and um, meeting new people for the first time. And it's, it's like transcendent. I don't know. It's, I, it's, it's genuinely remarkable, and it is exactly the thing that I love a lot, which is when people in movies sing and dance, um, but not in musicals, I guess. Sure. Um, so I was incredibly moved by it. Um, I think it, like, also, I don't know, it, it, it does a really cool job of showing the entire landscape of, like, what a house party can be like there are extremely intense emotional moments that go beyond like just the 
dancing and you're seeing them happen with such a range of characters. Like you're not, there's sort of probably one to two main characters, um, but you really get to experience a lot of stuff with a lot of other people. Um, And yeah, there's just some moments where it's like two people dancing together that are probably better than anything else I've seen this year and just blew me away. Huh. Yeah. And those all came out this year? Yeah, all within like five weeks, I think, in like, I don't know, November or something. Wild. Yeah, really crazy. The first two are apparently the, yeah, big ones. And then, uh, it's so weird because I wonder (laughs) how many people just like stopped watching after a certain point. Yeah. Um, But I've heard less good things, I guess, about the remaining three. You're saying, well, stopped watching these five movies after a certain point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But of mm. the people who I think who have watched all of them, the first two um, are the better ones. Do you think he got? Hmm. Do you know anything about the production of these? Uh, I did read some stuff about it. I forget how it went. I think he was trying to do. <sighs> Maybe it started as all one movie or something Mm. and then it started splitting off and then he was going to have them be like i think the same characters followed throughout all five and then that also changed um and that was a direct result of like bringing some um new people into the writing process and it just kind of like exploded out from there i think because like (sighs) carly Okay. It's like not that impressive because oh it's basically just like a long form anthology series. Yeah, I mean that's I think what some people are saying is like is oh. this just TV? Um oh. which like I think the answer to that is it doesn't matter. Um and the reason it's impressive is because it's Steve McQueen making it. So it's sure. good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um like the format like I think maybe where you run into the challenge is like, can you call a two and a half hour movie an episode of television? If you want to, sure. Um, you know what I would call it? Huh? Steve McQueen's Gambit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think if each of them were 70 Thank minutes, you. everyone would just call this a TV show. But there are episodes of TV shows that are like an hour and a half long. Yeah, not like two and a half, though. Oh, yeah. Why not? I don't know. Maybe that's where it's going. Like, I this is like totally this is the best example I've seen so far for m- movies just like not having bounds um, and like going on streaming services like in TV shows. Yeah, very good. Very good. OK. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, this is what makes those lines feel arbitrary because it doesn't matter because the product is good, you know. Do you think this year we get a 150 minute long episode of a TV show? Jesus Christ. Um, no, I don't think so. Well, of a new season of a TV show or mm. of a new TV show? Either one. Possible of new TV show, not possible of new season of a TV show. Oh, I don't know. Show. Why? I don't think that like anyone who already has a deal with some sort of yeah, they're not going to let that happen. Production fly. company is going to let that happen. This is three yeah. episodes. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. No, no, I think no. Like, honestly, one of the closer examples of that I've seen is the 
uh, Finding Francis episode of Nathan for You, which is essentially like a feature length film um, that somehow he got Comedy Central to say okay to, even though his episodes are normally only 30 minutes long. <laughs> and that was like a few years ago. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Where are we? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think that is very cool. I think notably what they're running a, at the Emmys and not the Oscars. I forget if that's Steve McQueen's decision or if that's like the Oscars decision. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So it, you, is that implying that it is a TV show? Is that what I'm supposed to take away from that? Yes, I would okay. imagine. Yeah. Okay. But he does. Steve McQueen, to my knowledge, does not call it a TV show. It's weird, man. Are we just going to move away from TV show as a term? I think we might move. I, I don't know. I honest, I have no idea. I don't know. Hmm. This is really yeah. interesting, this whole transition. It me. is really interesting. And I, I oh, I kind of wish I knew if this was any different, if the plans for this were any different pre-pandemic. I don't imagine they were. Yeah. Um. But certainly, I imagine it must have helped that it sort of normalized that a bit. Um, yeah. When this was coming out. But the dark side of this is in five years, it'll just be like the Marvel channel. And then it'll just be like oh, Marvel yeah. crap and you won't know what's happening. And it'll all be like four hours long. Right. Yikes. Yeah, no, that's terrible. WandaVision. Um, I will choose not to engage with that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Bruce will be there with his hat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he loves okay. Star Wars. What else you got, Car? We're uh, we're getting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Hmm. I'll do last thing. I rewatched uh, "I May Destroy You." Yeah, which it was a TV show, but it's on Letterboxd. Um, and I've seen <laughs> right. each of these episodes like three or four times before this. It was one of those like where. What uh, it was coming out week to week, and I would just like keep watching the preceding Whoa. episodes, um, again and again when I was waiting for the new uh, episode to come out. <laughs> huh. Um, but this was the first time I did like a full, straightforward all the way Hard through reset. watch. Yeah. Um, and it is just like the most incredible thing. Um, which I realized I just kind of said about Lovers Rock, but um, everything can be incredible. That's true, and it is. Um, okay. This is, God, it's just like the most exciting um, voice to me or like person coming out of this. Like Michaela Cole has created other things, notably Chewing Gum, I think is the other big one. Um, But I think this is what like really sort of launched her onto the more mainstream scene, maybe, and specifically more so the U.S. scene. Um, And I... I think I can like fairly say I have never seen a TV show be so like so deeply interrogate every single one of its characters. Um, Like the large framing device is that Michaela Cole, who I believe is the writer director star. um, Her character is date raped in the first episode um and you really don't know where it's gonna go from there like i think the logical conclusion is she tries to figure out who did it um and it is kind of that and it's kind of like every single other thing (laughs) um but then it goes on to not let anyone off the hook for anything um 
I think maybe one good example is like there's a huge theme of social media where her character um, kind of had a large sort of following before this where she had written an essay or I don't know if you could call it a book that she published on Twitter and it went viral. Um, but through her experiences, um, st- like starts to talk about um yeah, being a victim of sexual assault and what that means um, more publicly and gains this following and goes through every stage of like finding pure comfort and joy in it. And that's good. And like, no one should take that away from someone and then like becoming an egomaniac about it. And that's bad. <laughs> and then like finding out, does this serve you at all? Like, is it making her a miserable person to herself and everyone else in her life? Um, and then seeing what life can be without that. And that's like one of like 20 plots within it. <laughs> and it is just like, ah, I don't know. It's, and I don't know if I even like agree with each of the conceits that it's asserting. Yeah. Um, but I think each of them are super valuable and some of, a lot of them are the first time I've ever seen them raised in a piece of media ever. Um, and all of the acting and the craft and everything are impeccable. And I just think, like, if the world... I I feel like I've said this a few times about different things, but this is definitely one of those, like, if the entire world watched this and really gave this a go, it would be a better place, like, instantly, because we would all, like, get things a little bit better. Um, Yeah, incredible stuff. It's so hard for me to visualize this stuff when you talk about it, because I feel like what a TV show is has changed so drastically. Not just in the terms of format, but... When I think of like a prestige show, I think of like Breaking Bad or something. Right. And this just the way you describe it just seems like it's in a completely different realm from all of that. And it's hard to keep up with this stuff as it's going um, to the point where I can't really visualize what this show is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and I like it, it is. I think it. Um, I think that's for a number of reasons. And I also think that's so much of the show is like. It has such a different visual language in each episode. It like some of the episodes completely drop the main story and do an entire flashback and don't touch on anything specifically pertaining to what's going on. Like it is it's so free in its form. And I also think it's just like this is what happens to TV when you let someone else other than like a 40 year old white guy make TV Um, in every single way possible, like between the story, how it looks, who they cast. um, Yeah. Everything is so different than, yeah. The normal idea of what prestige TV looks like. That's cool. It is super, super cool. It's just, it's the cool, like uh, there's the huge, um, like the, the show is really graphic. So like there's a million trigger warnings around it and there should be. And like, um, it's tough and <laughs> there's no get- a way of getting around that. But like if it's something you can gear up for, it's like the best experience. <sighs> <laughs> the best experience says Carly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so those were the big ones. I rewatched the Da Vinci Code. That was Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Tucker, you have to. It's like... I started watching it the other day. Oh, seriously? Uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I need okay. to kill some time. I'll put on the Da Vinci Code. Whoa. Yeah. Your guy, Tom, is an incredibly bad actor in this movie. 
Everybody is from what yes, I could tell. Yes, everybody is, but it matters a lot that Tom is bad. Okay. Okay. He's <laughs> not always great. see how bad he is. His hair is pretty bad. It's so bad. This oh is a God. Ron Howard joint, is it not? Yeah. We love Ron Howard. No. <laughs> mm. Um. Did you watch the sequel? No, I might at some point, though. Okay, cool. Yeah. Angels and Demons. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I escaped that whole thing. I never read the book. I never watched the movie. Wow. I feel good. But you've never seen the Da Vinci Code. Mm-mm. What? Why would I watch the Da Vinci Code? I have National Treasure and National Treasure Two That's right true. here. This is one of those that fits within the same category of. Um, it was on at a person's house. We knew a lot, like King Kong, or I played it a lot of person sure. at a person's house. We knew. You're like, like you go over to your friend's house and you're like, can we watch The Da Vinci Code? <laughs> I brought my own copy in case yours is worn out. And they're like, no, Carly, we threw away our copy for some reason. Oops, by we accident. We threw away the DVD player as well. That's oh, so no, weird. we can't watch The Da Vinci Code. Bye. <sighs> yeah, so that was okay. great. Okay. What's his face is in? I saw him for a little bit. Uh, Leon, the professional guy. Yes, yes, yes. As the, like, is he a cop? Cap. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched Buffaloed. Oh, you did watch Buffaloed. Did you have fun? Deutsch. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. It wasn't a very good movie, I thought, but she was phenomenal in it. So. Yeah, she's so great. Her outfits were to die for. The best freaking outfits ever, man. <laughs> They were all bad and good at the same time, and they were all very different, and I was very into it. Yeah, it's like how I would dress if I had no um, self-consciousness. Right, if you just want to feel good about yourself. Yeah. And now what other people think of you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. I really like the... It's a fun journey for that character to go on, I think, and I really like yeah. the ending a lot. It feels right. The ending, the ending, the ending. Hedge funds. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I thought the mom was really good. Yeah, that's... um. Judy Greer? Yes, 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 yes. She yeah, was she so was good. good. Yeah. That's all I got. What did you think of their... I know it's Buffalo, but it's essentially Midwestern accents. I felt a little mean, I guess, at some <laughs> point, where the judge is, like, eating hot wings and the... He's like... It's Buffalo. They love their hot wings. <laughs> and they're all jag-offs or whatever. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. I say to that. Sure. <laughs> it just felt like there was like 45 minutes of movie and then they're just like, well, we got another 45 minutes. What are we going to do? Yeah. Zoe Deutsch, be funny and energetic and have cool clothing. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I watched Ma Rainey and I thought it was good, but I don't, I don't want to take up time talking about it, I guess. <laughs> Because I don't have a lot of strong opinions of it. I just thought it was fine. Okay. That's one that I need to watch before we talk end of the year. It's so obviously a stage production. You know, it's kind of hard to watch. Yeah. It's like, okay. Hmm. Like even more than Cats, if you can believe that. Holy crap. Yes. (laughs) I love 2019's Cats. You got any rapid fire? You've been watching movies for a year now, Car. In the last week. (sighs) Um, the new <laughs> Steven Soda was really good. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, terrible cover. 
Yeah, not great. What? What? You, somebody's job is to sell that movie to people, and that's what they came up with? Well, they sold it to HBO. They're okay. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, somebody no, at HBO needs to be it. fired then. I don't know. I can't defend it. Um, yeah, really. He's just so good at like making movies jazzy. Like it's such a jazzy yeah. movie, and it takes some like it's the general idea is uh, three women and I don't know they're fifties sixties sure sixties probably, um, uh, and uh, one of the women is a, an acclaimed author, um, and they're kind of getting back together by going on this cruise, and the author lady brings her nephew played by Lucas Hedges, of course, um, and it's about their friendships and how they've like completely lost touch. Um, and how they've changed dramatically since they were close friends and it fits within the, uh, theme of 2020, which is Mm. like divisions Mm. between like art and life, um, in a really, really interesting way that like gets so dark and evil at the end Mm. in a way that I didn't really see coming. Um, yeah, I I mean, it's like, it's people talking for whatever, an hour yeah. and a half, two hours. Um, sure. But Steve Soda's good at that, and I like all of the actors a lot. Um, and it looks beautiful in the same way that, like, every single one of Steve Soda's movies <laughs> look beautiful. Sure. Um, because they're on, like, this very fancy cruise ship, so it's like, it kind of gives you the Oceans vibe where it's like... yeah. Yeah, brassy stuff and leather and all that. Like a nice suit, but it's a little ruffled up and one of the buttons is kind of unbuttoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Except it's Lucas Hedges. (laughs) I don't know who that is. Uh, You would. He's the the redhead boy from um, the Casey Affleck movie. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. And Lady Bird and others. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not normally a huge one, but I think he does a really good job as being like this super well-meaning but just way out of his depths like 21 year old or something um and he's really charming alongside these three like older women um just like trying to soak up his whole thing is like he's trying to understand how friendship changes over the years and like he he seems so genuine in the way that he's like trying to soak up their energy and like how you make friendship work um As you grow older. Yeah. Car, can we go down a mind path here for just a second? Yeah. Lucas Hedges. Mm-hmm. Three billboards? Yes. Yes. Lucas Hedges. <laughs> Manchester by the sea? Yes. Okay. All right. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought <laughs> in my mind that conversation was, no, that's this guy, and he's also the guy in Manchester by the sea. But no, it was all <laughs> no. just one guy. Yeah. And like... Uh, Oh God! He was in the boy movies. I think he's both in Ben is back and oh God, what is it? Ben is back and what are you talking about? Boy erased, which was the same year that Beautiful Boy came out. What are you talking about? (laughs) There was a year. There were these boyhood. No, not boyhood year on porch. But Ben is back, beautiful boy, and boy erased all came out the same year. Zoe two of them had <laughs> two of them had Lucas Hedges in. <laughs> I don't get the connection. Why is it funny that he's in Ben is back and Boy Town? They all just sound the same, and they feel okay. the same, and they're about sad boys. 
I love sad boys and boy <gasps> I think town. two of them are about addiction, and then two of them of have Lucas Hedges, and one has Timothy Chalamet. I'm addicted to boys, so that all works out. <laughs> yeah. Just like that Charlie XCX song or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got any any uh, anything else, Carrie? We don't need to do upcoming movies, huh? Unless you got them ready. Yeah, I got them ready. Oh, let's do it. We can. Yeah, there's just four. So. Okay. Hold on. We're okay. The Matrix Four. No. Okay. Um, and only two notable ones. Well, maybe three. Says you. Um, okay, so Shadow in the Cloud already came out on VOD. Whoa, you're way ahead of me. I don't... <laughs> okay. On January 1st. Wait, are we on a new sheet? Yeah, yeah, I shared it with you. Oh, oh that's <laughs> not going to happen. You'll have to read this to me, Car. <laughs> okay. I don't even know where to get that from. <laughs> Talk about like movies and I'll try to like, old man my way through this conversation. <laughs> um, okay, Shadow in the Cloud Amazon came out on VOD. Order. Where did I get an Amazon order from? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, oh, Shadow which, in the Cloud. Holy cow. Oh, I, I heard bad things about this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The okay. only reason this movie is notable <laughs> is because there's the gif of Chloe Grace Grace Moretz um, falling out of the sky and then floating back up. Ooh. Um, which circulated like a month ago when I'm assuming this came out to like critics or whatever. Hmm. That sounds all right. Yeah, the gif is really funny. I can't this recommend is, the movie. This is already on my list of movies Tucker will probably watch in 2021. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is my Greyhound. <laughs> no, this can't be Greyhound. <laughs> mm. Is Greyhound nominated for any of our categories? Best movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. Best okay. clothing, I think. Oh, really? Old Navy coats and stuff. Mm. Oof. I like it. Yeah. What else is coming out? Uh, Pieces of a Woman is the most notable of these. Um, okay. I was really hoping this would be a 2020 so that we could talk about it, but they missed it by a week. Mm. Um, and this is complicated because it stars da, 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 Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. Um, yeah. Not great. That's um, scorched earth. Yeah. Tough. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I'm not going to talk on that too much, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need um, more reasons not to watch Shia LaBeouf movies. Yeah. So, okay. So here's the thing with this movie is like. <laughs> Hit me. Well, the description is a heartbreaking home birth leaves a woman grappling with profound emotional fallout, isolated from her partner and family by a chasm of grief. Um, so this is one of those that like critics have been talking about for like probably nine months or something stupid. Um, and I've heard so much about this movie and the whole thing is like the first 20 minutes are um, like earth shattering and they're about exactly what you would think about from that description. Um, and it's one of those like, I don't know, people just talk about it as if it's like this, I don't know, like something that's never really been put to film in this way. And I wonder uh, why. Yeah, well, yeah. The God, what's her name? She was in um, the most recent Mission Impossible, and she's really oh. great. Vanessa Kirby um, apparently does a really, really good job. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I've been waiting to watch this forever. I'll probably watch it when it comes out. Um, and then huh. like I've heard like after that, the rest of the movie is good but not great. Um, oh my God, it can't hmm. match up to the thing you're describing, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It really fell off after the whole baby dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. 
Sure, it's just like up. Okay. Yeah. I don't I know. I won't be um, watching that movie. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. The way that people are talking about it made it, uh, within the last like nine months, have made it sound like it could be an awards contender. I think that already That's, is... We're not even to the next Oscars yet. We can't do this. No, this is this would fall. Everything we're going to be talking about for the next like two months is going to qualify for this year's Oscars. What? Yeah. Why? Because they postponed the Oscars. So there's a wider. So there's fewer movies for next time. No, because all the movies are postponed. Okay. So it's like February 20th. <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting this right. It's like February 25th or something. Um, so that means well, we'll get like Minari, Nomadland, this. There's a couple others. Um, One Night in Miami. Like all of those are being released by that date in order to qualify for the 2021 Oscars. Oh, weird. So now there's like this weird, instead of a bunch of bad movies coming to theaters, it's like a bunch right. of leftover good movies are just flopping onto streaming services exactly love it yeah fascinating um i think it's kind of interesting because i i would imagine a lot of the intention behind um moving the oscars whenever they made that decision like six months ago was to get some of those bigger movies in there and none of the ones i just listed are big movies um so i do think we'll have an oscars that is like if not dominated by like indie movies at least like full of them um which hmm. is cool and different what do you know what the front runner is for like this is gonna do well oh god i was just talking Greyhound. about this other day um child of chicago 7 i'm sure will be up for a lot Ouch. of stuff Ouch. oh there was one other i think ma rainey's will be up for a lot of acting stuff it sounds like yeah I can nomad see land will be big i think those are I feel like I'm missing one really big one that I can't think of, but when you um, say that it like totally recontextualizes these movies for me in a weird way. <laughs> what do you, you mean? Know? Where it's like, Oh, no man land before this conversation, I was like, Oh, that's this like weird, like really like Sean Baker core, you know, <laughs> indie film. And now you're like, yeah, it's going to win the Oscar. And it's like, Oh, okay. It's like an Oscar movie, I guess. Like I, I can't, I can't make those two things mesh in my brain, you know? I think that's because in any other year, that wouldn't be the case. I suppose so. Yeah, this is the like a. it's only because we didn't get every other big movie that we were supposed to get this year that this is happening. But yeah, I suppose. But I just don't like when you say big movies, they don't really when I think of big movies, they don't strike me as like Oscar baby movies, I guess. It's like yeah, we didn't... I'm trying to think of what would have filled those gaps. Um, Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> Black Widow. Yeah, it's actually a really interesting question. Like, what would have been the big one if... Because it's so hard to say, because, like, if we were doing this thing where we're reading these descriptions um, and we had no context about what 1917 was, yeah, I would have been like, oh, it's another Greyhound. But for some reason, 1917 ended up being the movie. Um, what everyone thought was going to win the Oscar. Uh, right. It didn't, but, like, that was the conversation. Right. I think it helps that it didn't come to Apple TV Plus, you know? Yes, it definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, before we move on here, uh, these yeah. movies are not eligible for the Sprockies. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. Which feels so weird. But maybe we can do like an Oscars talk or something. It only, Yeah, it only feels weird in the context of the Oscars being in April. 
Yeah, and it's also weird because, like, they freaking teased us so hard and, like, they're going to just give this all to us. Like, just do it earlier. Oh, God, it stinks so much. Whatever. <laughs> the Oscars? The, the people releasing movies in January oh. and February. Okay. Like, they, the movie was done. They were sitting on it. Yeah. It's, I mean, these ha- were out at festivals, like, last year. I know. That's why this whole thing is so confusing to me. And yeah. why, yeah. What, well, normal, we would have gotten all of those in, like early fall midwinter um but we didn't so well some people would have yeah i would have gotten them right and i would have been like oh okay (laughs) yeah that sounds cool yeah that's true it's like a trial and it's like (laughs) borat's there that's crazy car what are you talking about eddie redmayne young mother sandra yeah Oh, now it's there really is like one big 2021. You think about that car. I'll read the herself description. Okay. Herself is coming to Amazon on January 8th. Young mother Sandra escapes her abusive husband and fights back against a broken housing system. She sets out to build her own home and in the process rebuilds her life and rediscovers herself. Herself. January 8th. Herself. 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 You want to read the reason I jump? Yeah, this one's interesting. Um, oh, I should have done a guess. I will do a guess. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Jerry Rothwell. Okay. Uh, this is being released to theaters on January 8th. Oh, sorry. I burped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got to put a trigger warning on this episode. <laughs> Filmmaker Jerry Roth- Rothwell examines the lives of five <laughs> young people. Who live with autism spectrum disorder. So here's the interesting part. I did a little bit of digging into this. This is based on a book that was written by, I forget the person's name, but a, I believe, fairly young person who has some form of autism. And it's all in a, like, question answer format so that it really gets at the experience of what it's like to have um, autism. And number one, guess who um, translated the book to English? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? No. I don't know. That is the broadest question. Guess who translated a book? David Mitchell. Who? The Cloud Atlas guy. Oh, good for him. Um, which I think is interesting. Uh, okay. And then this movie, from what I understand, is really getting at, like, showing, like, visualizing what those answers are and, like, really putting you oh. in the place of that experience. So that was really interesting. I don't know. Yeah, here's the thing I'm a little worried about, Car Platform theaters. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. What, why, of course? Why is this still a thing? Um, it just is. Uh, actually, let me check something really quick. Uh-oh. Uh... Dum de dum dum. Hey, folks. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us this far. <laughs> well, we know it's been a journey. So Remember when we were talking about Soul? That yeah. was pretty fun, wasn't it? <laughs> okay. I know Universal movies are all still going, or like a lot of them are still going to theaters just because of the deal that they have lined up, but this does not seem to be a Universal oh. movie. Okay. I also, this might be international, so maybe mm. in other countries it's different. Who did those translations? David Mitchell. Okay, cool. Um, 
And those are the only movies coming out in 2021. Yeah. A year that will prove to be um, exciting. Okay. I, so here's the thing. I screwed up. Oh. I made a mistake. What? I forgot to mention another round. I have to talk about another round. Oh, true. True. Um, yeah, we talked about on another round on one of those. And this very segment. Yes, 2020 releases conversations. Yes. Mads Mikkelsen uh, deciding with all of his buddies who work at a high school um, to reach like a 0.05 alcohol percentage every day because there's like a uh, psychologist theory that it will improve their life. Um, so they do it. And then they start drinking to higher blood alcohol percentages and... It is so good. Right. Um, it's like it it's so honest in the way that like it genuinely does improve their lives for a while. Um, because it's like these people who are particularly the Mads Mickelson character, he's like this high school teacher, and everyone is so bored with him, and he's not a good teacher because he hasn't engaged with his students, and then he starts drinking and he does like fun activities with his students to help them <laughs> learn better and like it just loosens up um and it makes him into like a better person, except it entirely destroys all of their lives. Um Of course. And they do a really good job of like showing the different ways that it's destroying lives with the different um friends partaking like it affects each of them in kind of their own specific way depending on their family situation i suppose their like predisposition to alcoholism their personalities like it 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 feels so individual in all cases and then it has the freaking best ending in the <laughs> entire world oh. I can't, I felt such extreme joy. Wow. I can't even like it. Play it up a little bit, Car. I I nothing I could say would be too hyperbolic because it is incredible. <laughs> okay. Um Mads Mickelson being the absolute best in the entire world. Um Okay. Amazing acting, amazing visuals. Um and I think just like a really non-traditional way of looking at this sort of thing where like it doesn't just follow like it does follow the arc of like it's fun and then it's bad. Um, but it does it in a way more. Well, like, right. Like, like any sort of like, yeah, in the way that any sort of like addiction story or substance abuse story follows that. But this is just so um it pays attention to its characters more than that, I think. Um, okay. And also settle or like finds a way to show that they're not middle ground is totally not the right word, but like there's probably a way for this to be enjoyable and not awful. Um, sure. Not Drinking, the, you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not okay. the let's be 0.05% drunk all of the time. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend. What is the process by which they measure that? They get breathalyzers. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. This is like, I believe you that it's really good. This is like a degree away from like a Will Ferrell comedy from like <laughs> 15 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And it's, I think that's what's scaring me off a little bit. There, I think it's not at all that tone. Right. Um, It's funny because like they're friends and they're funny to each other. But it's not funny because like they're 
idiots. Boobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, right. it also helps that they, so much of it, like they, they all fit within that sort of nice teacher stereotype where like so much of it is them wanting to be a better teacher and be better to their students. Aww. They're choosing a terrible way to do it yeah, and it's yeah. not successful, but like that's the focus of so much of the movie is just like, how can I connect with these students more? Um, and that's really like the whole framing device is like bringing these students to their last year at the school um, and sending them off and celebrating them. Aww. Yeah, it's really sweet. Just like uh, Booksmart. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Car. Canon. I have yeah. I one more question for you, Car, before yeah, we yeah. send this one off. Mm-hmm. Do you think we will get pandemic movies? Yeah, we are for sure. We are. We will. Yeah. We have. We, we probably will. have. Well, we, we have. got host. We will. <laughs> we will. Feral. Hmm. So we got a host. We're getting lockdown, which by all accounts is going to be awful. And we're getting Malcolm and Marie, which is another one that's coming out in time for the Oscars that I'm excited for, which is the Sam Levinson, Zendaya, and John David Washington movie. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Yep. We talked yeah. about that one. Um, those are the ones I'm aware of, but I'm sure there are like 5,000 more coming. But by the time they come out, God willing, maybe we'll be starting to move past this whole thing, right? Well, Isn't going to be weird? No, but the other ones, yes. And I think that's like the whole question. And I think it's a fair question. It's like, do people want to see movies about the intense trauma that we all just faced probably not. as we're coming over the hill right. as we're cresting it's like hey remember when everybody wore masks right look over here yeah remember when we couldn't go outside and now we can <laughs> <laughs> remember when all the movies that came out just didn't acknowledge us and everybody was just outside anyway and yeah. now that it's over we're acknowledging it <laughs> yeah. yeah no i I would say give it a few years, guys. Like, let's chill. Out no, don't more. bring it up then. Like, no, of course. You I feel have, like the like window's a, over. No, you, there's going to be a time when it's appropriate <sighs> to reflect on this intense tragedy that we all went through, but it might but not be right now. They're going to reflect on it by making terse indie dramas about people being in houses together. Yeah, like Malcolm Marie. I know, that's not <laughs> what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially in like 2025 or something. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Zoe Deutsch. Zoe Deutsch. Is Zoe Deutsch just becoming a swear word? Deutsch. Yeah. I like Zoe Deutsch. She's pretty yeah. all right. Me too. Okay. Well, Card, that was, I think, the first pillows. No, we did the Christmas one of 2021. Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> But we'll be coming back soon. I keep saying that. And someday it'll be true. We're going to come back soon and do this podcast. Oh. 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 The thing I have put way too much mental work into this last year. Yeah, same. Be sure your microphone is not upside down this time. Oh, you shush about it, brother. (laughs) Okay. Good night, Carly. Have a beautiful tomorrow and go watch more movies. No, I won't tonight.